In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I think for many of us, the only experience we've had with a shepherd, much less a good shepherd, is the volunteer farmer at Klein Creek, or perhaps the zookeeper at Cosley Zoo. I could be wrong, but I think that's true. Which makes it hard to receive the gospel reading from today, when Jesus talks about a good shepherd. Now, many of us have also been to Sunday school, and we've seen the very sentimental picture of Jesus the Good Shepherd. You've seen those. Jesus in a very white robe, lambs pure white, and all of them in a green pasture, happy. Life is tranquil. In fact, if you Google it, my favorite picture is Jesus and the Lamb both smiling at you. While this might be tranquil, and this sentimental view of the Good Shepherd might give us warm and fuzzy feelings inside, it's not true. That picture is, is not realistic, and frankly, it doesn't help us live our life today. Jesus gives a very different picture in John chapter 10. Mainly because Jesus isn't sentimental. He lives in a real world. In John chapter 10, we have a shepherd who's fighting off wolves while at the same time trying to keep his hired hands and his sheep together. And then on, on top of that, trying to welcome more sheep into that kind of fold. That picture is not tranquil. It is not serene. But it is realistic. And it's good. It's realistic and it's good because it shows that living life in the resurrection requires a lot of work. Even requiring a shepherd to lay down his life for the sheep. You see what those sentimental pictures of the good shepherd do is they create false expectations of what the resurrection means for us today. It tells us that in our new life, everything's going to be just perfect. And as long as we feel good, everything's going to be okay. But we all know what the problem is with that. It's that it actually doesn't change anything. It doesn't do anything. Jesus' clothes that are clean... Because apparently now he doesn't have to get dirty, or the sheep with all their smiles. Apparently there's no wolves in the resurrection. And lastly, everyone getting along with everybody without doing a single ounce of work. Those are all false expectations. Those are all lies. If you make those sort of promises about what, if that is what the resurrection means, then you will have a generation of cynics on your hands. And cynicism kills. And that is not what the Christian life is all about. Jesus tells a very different story about how the resurrection forms our life in this world. The world he describes sounds much more familiar. People hurting others, disloyalty from those around us, and communities and families falling apart. 
Pretending that everything is going to be okay in that circumstance will not change any of it. But someone who's going to lay down his life just to make, to make things right might make a difference. When the Good Shepherd takes on that kind of world with broken families, broken relationships, and danger around the corner by laying down his life, by taking on that world, he gives us hope. And then he also shows us what the resurrection does for us. There's a theologian named Stanley Hauerwas who was once asked this question, what breaks your heart? And how he answered that question was like this. One of the most heartbreaking aspects of our life together are young people who are desperate for something to die for and we're afraid to give it to them. This fear, Hauerwas says, comes from the greatest enemy of Christianity. Sentimentality. Not atheism. Sentimentality. He says that sentimentality is seen most clearly in the Christian's unwillingness to have their children suffer for their convictions. What those false sentimental visions of the Good Shepherd do for us is that it tells us that Christianity is not about paying prices. And I think there's many of us who just don't want to think that what it means to be a Christian in this world today, we just might have to pay some prices. But living in the resurrection in the world where wolves come and attack us, people leave us, and community is fractured, living in that kind of world requires a lot of hard work, even laying down your life. And that is why the Easter is so hopeful, because the good news is that we as Christians actually have something to live for, and that we actually have a life to lay down. In a world full of wolves, broken promises and relationships, we can't, we can't sentimentally pretend that it will be okay. can't ignore it, because that won't change anything. Rather, because of Easter, we have a hope that surpasses all of what's wrong with the world. That empowers us to live a life that confronts the wrongs with everything we have. The resurrection means that with Jesus we can do something about it. By laying our life down for others. In spite of maybe the Lenten themes of this passage and this sermon... The Good Shepherd is an Easter text. Mainly because notice how the Good Shepherd does not die for the sheep. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Why doesn't he die for the sheep? Because it's Easter. Death is behind us. Death is past tense. Jesus as the risen Lord lays down his life because the wolf can't destroy him. And really, the only person who can give life is the one who's actually living. The one who is set free from sin by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we, as baptized Christians, will lay down our lives. Because in holy baptism, we've died and rose again. 
We are now part of Easter. With death behind us, we, along with the Good Shepherd, won't live in a sentimental world. We're going to live in this world, in the real world. And in that world, we'll live by laying down our life for others because in the resurrection, we have eternal life, which means we have an eternal source of life, which we can just keep on laying down, even, even if it means a wolf has to gnaw on our arm. Because the life that was given to us in Easter, we now live as living sacrifices. And in that life, we'll take on the struggle of the resurrection in a very real way. So that those who are not here but belong here can enter freely. And then take up the struggle with us. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.